Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Stay tuned. On today's podcast, I will talk about how to handle those internal team members and vendors when you are not able to process that request for a new vendor setup or existing vendor change. On Thursday, December 27th, 2018, I published a blog post titled Urgent Vendor Setup. Here's how to protect your vendor master file. And in that blog post, I gave two examples of how to handle urgent vendor setups. One, handling it the normal way with your current vendor setup process only expedited. And two, when you're not able to use your normal vendor setup process and still expedite the request. So one of the things I did not talk about with that second version where we are not following our vendor setup process, but we are setting it up urgently is how do you handle that vendor and that requester who will not necessarily agree with your workarounds in order to get that vendor set up? And the example I gave in the blog post was not receiving the W9 or W8. And my recommendation was to go ahead and set that vendor up, but set that vendor up with backup withholding. And that way you protect yourself from the IRS. And that is the right solution for accounts payable to eliminate the potential for any penalties and fines from the IRS. However, it is not good for the internal team member and the vendor because it will deduct 24% from the invoice amount and send that to the IRS. And that just never goes over well. And by the way, hopefully you've seen it already, but there is a new version of the W-9 out. It's dated October 2018. And that is because it's a new um, reduced rate for the backup withholding. It dropped from 28% to 24%. You can also use the backup withholding workaround if they did submit a W-9. However, when you checked it against the IRS records, the legal name and tax ID didn't match and they're not able to give you a 147C letter from the IRS, which basically says that they have submitted the change to the IRS, but it takes, I think it takes like three weeks for the IRS to update their records. Most times they'll try to give you the state articles of incorporation or um, the agreement or whatever they use to file with the state. But you still need to cover yourself with the IRS because some will only change or file um, their change with the state and won't file with the IRS. So all of that to say with backup withholding, you'll have some, um, let's see how we'll, we'll phrase it, colorful reactions from the internal 
team member and also from the vendor. And there are also other times where you can't set up that new vendor or change an existing vendor. For example, each time you um, update or add to your vendor master file, you should be checking that vendor against uh, OFAC, the specially designated nationals list, SDN. And if you get a hit there, then you cannot set that vendor up. And the same for the system for award management, the SAM exclusion list. If you are a government setting up a vendor, either one of those, you cannot set those vendors up or make changes to existing vendors in your vendor master file. So how do you handle the internal team member and the vendor? So here are eight recommendations or steps that you can use to deal with those scenarios where you cannot set up a vendor or change an existing vendor. Number one, have someone else review other than the original vendor maintenance team member that processed the supporting documentation. So for example, if the IRS 10 match came back and it was unsuccessful, have someone else do that IRS 10 match or at least review if you have your team members take a screenshot as support, have them review that screenshot and just make sure they didn't fat finger a number or they didn't put in one of the uh, a character in the IRS search box. That's, that's not a valid character just to make sure that the error is not on the vendor maintenance team. Number two, if the reason that the internal team member and the vendor are protesting so much is because they need, for example, a purchase order set up, go ahead as long as the vendor wasn't a hit on the OFAC SDN list or the uh, SAM exclusion list, go ahead and set that vendor up and put that vendor on hold until you can sort out whatever issues you're having with the vendor. Number three, document your vendor setup process and any related policies for support. Post it on your intranet, post it anywhere that internal team members can refer to it when they need to have a vendor set up. And then that way it will reduce the possibility that they will come to you with incorrect information or no supporting documentation and request to have a vendor set up and change. And I know that doesn't always work, but at least you put it out there and there are internal team members that will refer to process and policies prior to requesting documentation for that vendor to be set up. And if you have a vendor self-registration portal, post them on the homepage or the dashboard so that the vendors are aware of what is required in order to successfully register in the portal. And this is also good for the vendor maintenance team or the AP customer service team because now they have something that they can refer the internal team members and the vendors to if they question the process and the requirements. Number four is to document your response. If you talk to the internal or the vendor via phone, make 
make sure you follow that up with an email that outlines the process and what is preventing the vendor setup or the existing vendor change. Also, if it is an existing vendor change and you're not able to do it, I would also document the vendor record so that any vendor maintenance team member that comes behind the previous request, the current vendor maintenance team member that is trying to process that request can look at the history and be aware of what was told to the internal team member or the vendor, especially if the submitted documentation or the current request is still not valid. Number five, standardized responses. And this goes with the, really with number three and number four, document your vendor setup process and also document your responses because the standardized responses gives your vendor maintenance team or anyone in the AP team that answers uh, vendor inquiries, that it gives them the same uh, explanation that can be used by every member of the team so that the internal team members and the vendors are not getting conflicting responses. Those responses will be in line with your processes and gone are the days where they can call, for example, Mary and get one answer and then call John and get a different answer. This way there is one consistent message and it's also faster and easier to respond to requests that way. In my previous role, these worked very well. However, we did have to make sure that we kept those responses up to date as changes and processes and policies were changed in accounts payable and vendor maintenance. So there is some upkeep or maintenance involved. Number six is training. And this is more of a proactive approach where you are training your vendor maintenance team and your AP customer service team on customer service, how to be professional, how to be courteous, especially when you're dealing with internal team members and vendors. And we know that they can be, what is the word, colorful when they don't understand why a vendor can't be set up or an existing vendor can't be changed. So it would be great to have customer service training for those team members. Also include emotional training so that your vendor maintenance team, your AP customer service team can keep calm. They can have that reduced tone and effectively deal with internal team members and vendors when they are agitated. Now, number seven is a reactive strategy that is a direct result of number six. And this is to follow up on bad behavior. So we're training our customer service team, our vendor maintenance team to be professional and courteous. And that is absolutely the right thing to do. However, we don't want them to be beat up and abused over processes and policies that they too must follow. So there were many times that I have had to follow up with internal team members or their next level up if there was any inappropriate behavior. And we know that some of our accounts payable team members can get screamed at at times. And we need to let those internal team members know that that is absolutely not acceptable. 
The accounts payable or vendor maintenance team member should be trained on how to handle that event. However, once it is concluded, that internal team member should be followed up with or their next level up again to make sure that it does not happen in the future. In my previous position as an AP senior manager for a Fortune 15 company, I often uh, had vendor maintenance team members or accounts payable team, team members forward me those difficult calls and then I would deal with them. And then again, if necessary, I would follow up with their next level up to report that behavior so that it does not continue. And there also needs to be a next step for the internal or the vendor to take if they do not agree with the current assessment of their request. The last one, number eight, is allow no exceptions. All vendor setup processes and policies should be followed. Again, these were put into place in order to protect the company and protect the vendor master file from fraud. So they need to be followed. And you know, if you give any exceptions, then that exception becomes an approved rule. You might as well add that to your process. Okay, so just to recap, how to deal with the internal team member or vendor when you can't process a request. The first one was to have someone else on the vendor maintenance team review. Maybe the original vendor maintenance team member made a mistake. The second one is to set the vendor up and place them on hold. And this is in a case where, for example, a purchase order is needed. And that way it gives you time to work with the vendor or the internal team member to get whatever's necessary to process a request. The third one is to document your vendor setup process and related policies and post those internally. And also if you have a vendor registration portal, post it in the portal for the vendors. The fourth one is to document your response via email. And if it's an existing vendor, also as notes on the vendor record. The fifth one is to create standardized responses so all vendor maintenance team members and accounts payable customer service team members are providing the same instructions. Number six is to provide training to your vendor maintenance team and or your AP customer service team to handle the internal team member and vendor inquiries that can be agitated when their requests are not able to be processed. The seventh is to follow up with bad behavior either with the internal team members and or their next level up to deter bad behavior in the future. And the last one, number eight, is to allow no exceptions because the exceptions will then become the rule. So thanks everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 11th episode of putting the AP and happy podcast where accounts payable team members are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for the links to the blog post, Urgent Vendor Setup, Here's How to Protect Your Vendor Master File. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And remember, you can always find additional content, vendor master file training, and accounts payable gifts at Deborah, D-E-B-R-A, R 
www.richardson.com. Stay happy.